is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, it's Gunnar Esiason, and we are back another episode of Breathe In. As always, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Tiffany and Leah. How are you guys? Doing good. good. How are you? I have been better. I have a cold. Um, yeah. It's that time of year. The immune system you is... You don't sound too bad. Yeah, you it's don't sound too bad. Because I am highly medicated right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I am drugged on IVs. We can be drugged together. We, yes, we can commiserate together. This am all... Drugged. After all, this is the breathing podcast where we right. where medications keep us alive. Um, <laughs> to, to, to switch gears to something more serious, um, we know the wildfires are going on right now in California. I just want to make our our listeners aware um, for anyone who may know somebody who's impacted because I I you know I doubt if you're displaced or impacted by wildfire, you're probably listening to us right now. Um, that Boomer Science Foundation does have a disaster relief program available. Um, you can go to Assisen.org programs disaster relief or send an email to disaster relief at assisen.org uh, for more information. The program has been uh, pretty successful over the past couple of years. It started after Hurricane Harvey. Um, we were down there in Houston and then we've helped with another other, um, you know, some other natural disasters, including wildfires as well. Um, so if you are someone with cystic fibrosis or you are living with someone who has CF, you know, child or something and you uh, have been impacted by the wildfire, definitely reach out and we will uh, get help to you as quickly as possible. Yeah, I'm in California, and the air quality is horrible. Like, I walk outside, and it's orange. And I can't go outside without a mask. And I can't imagine the people that are in the midst of the fires. And especially if you have CF, I'm sure you cannot breathe. And I'm just praying for everybody, especially all down the whole coast of California. We are under fire right now. We need some rain or something. Mm-hmm. I will gladly us, send you the rain. Yeah, I have too much this. of it in Baltimore. Like yeah. We have turned into Seattle. I don't know when that happened. It actually happened yeah. the week after my birthday. So in yeah. July, it's <laughs> rained almost every day. Yeah, And I'm sure it's going to turn to snow tomorrow. I think tomorrow. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a big snow guy. Uh, I don't mind snow if I don't have to don't go anywhere. Worry. But either way... California girl over there. Either way, um, remember that's disasterrelief at assizen.org. Okay, so let's switch gears to our podcast. We have a guest with us today. It is guest season on Breathing Podcast. As you can see, she's wearing, her, she's wearing her Breathing tank top, Meredith Gato. She is 26 years old with cystic fibrosis. Uh, Meredith, why don't you say hi to the listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys. Um, so it's awesome to be here. I'm a huge fan. and follow you guys, and um, I just love what you do. So I'm happy to be here. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about my experience running the New York City Marathon. I ran for Team Boomer. I was one of two athletes with CF to run. Um, and then I'm also going to be talking about this film that I've been working on. It's a documentary about the first guy with CF to climb Everest. i um, been working on that for a few years. I'm in post-production with it. So yeah. I'm just excited to to talk about my stuff. So you so you're actually here to talk about some very small achievements. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Well, tiny ones. Yes, yeah, some very 
I had to do something cool to get you guys to get me on the show. So. This, this, right, this, this is true. This is it's, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. You get invite. Um, okay, so let's, let's let's dive into the marathon first. Obviously, the marathon is a huge accomplishment for anyone, let alone someone with cystic fibrosis. Um, well, let's talk about a little bit about you know what it was like leading up to the marathon. Uh, you know, it, did you do any special training because of your CF? Did you make your CF care team aware of it? Did your treatments get altered? You know what you know what was that like in the, the days and weeks leading up to the marathon? Okay, so that's a good question. Um, I did not that's why I asked my it. care team. <laughs> um, it's like you have experience with this or something. Um, so, yeah, I didn't tell my care team I was running just because um, I'm just one of those people. I don't like, I don't know. I don't let people in on, on what I'm doing to like the last second until it gets all finalized and like I'm definitely doing it. By the way, I'm um, moving across the country. Surprise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right. So I actually started training for the marathon in like July. I started to get some uh, miles in, but I've kind of been in a cycle with like lung infections where I'll like go on Bactrim for a while and then I'll come off. And as soon as I come off, I like reinfect. So that was happening like so much. And I was really, really noticing it with my training in July. So um, we did a pick line. Um, I'm still kind of like healing for me. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The lovely yeah, scar. Smile. The lovely scar. They never, I have, I have like more over here too. I like, have so many scars from them. They don't feel okay. No. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have a thousand too. Exactly. So um, it was really hard to, to like that. The pick line lasted from like end of July through like mid August. So it was like three weeks and it was just really hard to, to train with it and working full time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to relax for a bit. Um, it helped. Um, and then, so I kind of chilled for August, just kind of like letting my body heal, letting myself like mentally like mm -hmm. build back up into like wanting to, to run again. Cause you kind of get a little knocked down. Yeah. Like IV meds just yeah. take it out of you. Like mind, body, soul, just kind of. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel you. That's how I feel right now. I feel like the soul's been sucked out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, every spare moment you're thinking about the next, round you yeah. have to much and it's and, so and often that and you don't get a break <laughs> nope and you're tired they, they make yeah. you tired the yeah. oh That's so tired and work on top of it it is hard mm -hmm. yeah it is hard you're absolutely right you know it's like you're, you're you're directly right it definitely consumes you and i the you know my least favorite part of um you know ivs is still i have to start over as soon as it's done right like you you know you know, obviously I have been training for a marathon, but you know, when I, you know, I'm just in the gym or I'm, you know, physically active and I'm doing a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden you get sick and you have, you know, your, your life goes on pause for however many weeks and then it comes out and you're like, okay, you know, you're back, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of when it gets tough again. So what, so, so what did you do to train for the marathon, you know, kind of leading up to it then after, after that point? So after that point, um, September is when I started kicking it more into high gear. I would do like short runs um, during the week, like three, four miles, um, as often as I could. I probably should have done a lot more, but what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and then the weekends, I would do like a longer run, like seven, eight miles. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, the next weekend, I would do like 10 miles. Um you know, and then also it's kind of just practicing and seeing how your body reacts to going that long. Yeah. Uh, cause it's a long period of time. You're not just talking about running like, like a few, like one or two miles you're running for like hours. So you have to right. see what your body does. And uh -huh. I'm a huge like dehydration person with CF. Yeah, so so I, yeah, I really had to think about what I was going to be drinking, Gatorade, water. I did salt tablets. Mm -hmm. 
I figuring out what to eat because I'm also like pre-diabetic. So with you're supposed to eat like a lot of carbs for running so that you have mm-hmm. energy to burn off. But obviously eating too many carbs like messes yeah. up insulin. So oh, yeah, it does. I, right. yeah. <laughs> so I had to combine it with protein. So it was like all these things, like kind of a lot of trial and error. And is that something you just kind of figured out on your own or were you getting this information from somewhere? Um, kind of stuff I just figured out on my own. Like I said, like doing sports my whole life, kind of, I, I kind of like had an idea of how I would react. But then there were days like I came back from like a seven mile run in like September where I was just like drained because I didn't eat enough. I thought I had eaten enough and I didn't. And with CF, like sometimes you can't make yourself eat. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to consume as much food as I can. Just do it. Like yeah, right? it's all these little things. Um, and then there were days where like, oh, I should have done like another hypertonic saline. I should have done more to get more stuff up before I went running. Like right. all these little things that you have to tweak so that on marathon day, um, you know, I woke up like four in the morning <laughs> to do my, my treatment. <laughs> Uh, my favorite time of day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The rest of the that extra hour and I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of salt tablets during the race. Um, okay. I did Gatorade and water too. Um, the day before, I was like pounding drinks, just whatever Gatorade, water, anything, mm-hmm. um, and it's salt tablets the day before as well. Um, but during the race, uh, two very specific like CF related things happened. The first thing uh, around mile fourteen. Hold on. Water. <laughs> water. water. She got to hydrate. Where did you hydrate during this episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, around like mile 14, I went to have like a protein bar because, you know, you're running for a few hours now. You're like, you're hungry. You got to get the energy back. Right. Mm-hmm. So I reach onto my like my little running pouch thing. My enzymes were gone. Oh, oh, no. oh my gosh. I would have oh, cried. God. I, I thought I was going to just, just stop the race right there. I'm done. No yeah. more. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> the race is over. <laughs> and uh, I had my mom and like all my family like there at the race, like different points. Yeah. And. I had my mom like with a backpack of like extra supplies, like oh, specific good. like so CF things, yeah. inhalers, extra salt pills, enzymes, like whatever. But I couldn't get to her for like whatever reason. Like she was not anywhere close to where I was. Oh man! So I was like, game plan. What do we do? You know, yeah. you got you to like trigger that little survival instinct in you. And I was like, okay. So I did. I was lucky. Every mile they had Gatorade and water. Oh, so. Good. For calorie replacement, I had the Gatorade, and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's going to sustain me. And then the race is really cool because there's a lot of spectators. just a lot of, like, average shows come out, and they give, like, the runners everything from, like, candy to cookies, bread, like, bananas, whatever. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I can allow myself a bite of a banana, one pretzel, and I will just do Gatorade and water the rest of the race. So that's what I did for the next... 12 miles. Wow. That was rough. And then what was the other, what was the other CF specific incident? The other CF specific problem, um, like I mentioned, I was doing like a lot of salt tablets and stuff, which was great because, um, you know, didn't, I didn't have any fatigue. Um, my muscles didn't like spasm or anything. It was great. It was, Mm. it was really definitely the way to go. I was taking a lot of salt tablets. However, obviously you guys know, sometimes you end up salting and not sweating Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. towards the end of the race, like when I was like mile 21, 22, um, I was like, why am I having trouble seeing out of like my left eye? I'm like, oh, no. very oh, weird. what is going on? Yeah. I like hit my eye. There's like salt crusted <gasps> into my eyelash. Like, my eye. 
Yeah. Uh, I've and never had that happen, but I've also yeah. never ran that many miles. When you're, sweating, <laughs> you're, you're sweating all day. Yeah. So I've sweating. Yeah. And that's crazy. That is yeah. nuts. So with the yeah. salt tablets, I've never taken those. Are they just a pill? Like like an yeah, enzyme pill? Like, whatever? They're, ta- they're literally salt. Ta- like it's salt compressed into like a tablet. Like a tab. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh that's, like that that's big. I take them on like super okay. hot days. That's when I'll take them. Yeah. Anyway, you know. Super hot days, yeah. I've never taken them in my life, but that I, sounds really interesting. They're really helpful. And like, honestly, you don't realize it, but when you're like, when your salt goes down, your salt levels go down, you actually get like yeah. really fatigued. So that's yeah. your energy level. That's, so that's great. Okay. Um, but yeah, so when the salt was like in my eye, there was like nothing I could do about it because my hands were also coated in salt. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, I right. Yeah. There's no chance. I took my shirt and just like knocked a little. That's Specific CF problems. Yes, that is. Yeah. That is. That's but, crazy. Really though. Is uh, you know, on the whole, though, what was the race day like? You know, was it was it fun? Did you have a good time? Uh, and then, you know, obviously you're running as part of a team with with Team Boomer and, you know, the idea that everyone behind it is raising money for cystic fibrosis. And a lot of people do have a connection to CF within the team, you know, whether, you know, you mentioned that you were one of two people who ran um, the marathon with CF. Um, but what was it like to be a part of that team and then what was race day like as a whole? Um, so being part of Team Boomer was awesome. I honestly was a little hesitant about it because, like, I don't really know anybody with CF or, like, not too many people or people with, uh, who have a connection to CF at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but meeting like all the parents and everything and the moms and, and the dads and stuff whose kids are like really young, like kids of all ages and stuff. And them just like asking me questions. And mm-hmm. I'm obviously one of the older people that they've seen with CF. So they were asking me a ton of stuff and I was just really happy to be able to give back just kind of the same way you guys do. Mm-hmm. I loved being able to just put their mind at ease a little bit, everything from like, What's it like dating with CF to like yeah. that question? That's um, literally the that's top question. One. Well, the, your it, parents I, parents just want to know that their kids are going to have a normal childhood. You know that that's really right. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's totally normal. I mean, yeah. I'm sure my parents would have loved to talk to someone with CF when right. I was diagnosed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. We didn't have anything when we were growing up, so now it's like it's fun for me to be able to like turn around and give back. Yeah. Um, so everything from like yeah, nutrition to like. Is like playing sports helpful? Like they wanted to know everything, and like, oh, my son, like he he like nutrition has become such an issue. Like, what do you recommend? Like, just trying to yeah. give them advice. So I, that was for me one of the more enjoyable parts of the day. I really yeah, enjoyed that part. I'm sure it was very inspiring to see that you, a CF patient, was running a marathon, and were an older <laughs> CF patient running a marathon, which is amazing. And I'm sure it was really hopeful for them. Yeah, the uh, inspiring thing um, was is nice, um, like you said, and and I was definitely happy to be able to give like I don't know some sort of hope to them if I could. But um, towards the end of the day, the inspiring label definitely got a little old. Get a little old, yeah. It yeah, just, especially because my whole family like crying like every yeah. month, like an aunt, uncle, oh, a cousin. So Somebody's sweet. just like weeping. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable though. They're so proud. just love you so much. Yeah, they're so proud. My my like phone is like blowing up. Like like Facebook, like Instagram. Oh. Everyone just like just people who are like coming out of the woodwork. I haven't talked to since like high school. Just blowing yeah. me up. It's like oh my god, yeah. you're so amazing. Like. Hey, when can I go back to normal life? (laughs) I I know that feeling well. Um, So you know, I let's let's sort of change gears here. You know, you're also um, 
in the filmmaking industry and as if there's um, enough talk right now in the CF community about movies, um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to change yours and actually talk about a different movie. Um, we're going to talk about Breathing on Everest, um, you know, that, that, that follows Nick Talbot's journey to being uh, the first man with cystic fibrosis to climb or Mount Everest to be on Mount Everest. Um, how did you get hooked up with Nick? Um, you know, Nick did a podcast with Jerry Cahill uh, with the Boomer Science Foundation earlier in uh, September. So if you want to go check that out, you can. Um, but you know, wh- where did this kind of come from? How did you get? How did you get on board with this? How did you meet Nick? You know, what what sort of like led this whole thing to where it is now? Um, so that is also another good question. It's a fun answer. Um, <laughs> so I was like 22, 23. I was finishing up college and I double majored in English literature because I wanted to have a super lucrative career in that. I, I was an English major too. <laughs> so I feel <laughs> you on that. Out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's a podcast host. Um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I'm like finishing up this um, Shakespeare class or whatever, and I had this paper to write. And like any good millennial, I was on Facebook avoiding Shakespeare at all costs. And I see just like the smallest um, like little blurb on Facebook on like my timeline of, of um, uh, like first man with CF like climbs Everest or like uh, like Everest mm-hmm. attempts like put to a halt because there was an avalanche or something like that. And I was like, what is this? And, right. So I clicked on the article and then I Googled it and I couldn't find anything really on Google or like this guy, Nick Talbot. And I was like, this is nuts because this guy like has CF and he's going into like these like crazy high altitudes. Mm-hmm. Like what is I it? Like, why is there not more coverage on this? Like I was like into it. Um, so I was like, this would make a great film. And I was graduating also with like a film degree. So I was <laughs> like, let me just like message this guy, see if he answers. And if he does, like, maybe he'd be interested in doing a documentary. Like, I don't know. Like I was, really young. <laughs> yeah. so I, we all have a history of that. Yeah, we do have a history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Slide so going right in the DMs. That's, right. where, that's, where, that's, where, that's where the movie, that's where, that's where the magic happens. In this I case, movie manager. And look where I'm at now. Yeah. I'm super famous on this podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I just messaged him right away on Facebook and he got back to me and I was like, well, that's cool. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, like no one's ever approached me for a documentary, but I agree, like this would be a good topic. And definitely, like, he's very into spreading CF awareness. So I was like, great. Um, so we both agreed, like, yeah, let's do something. And I was like, okay. Then, um, I had like a sinus surgery and just kind of like life got in the way a little bit. And then that it was like fall of 2014. Um, we started to pick back up again and, and I formed kind of like a little team with um, people that from school who I, you know, just finished four years of film school with. And I was like, guys, like, this is a thing that I want to do. I know that we're like 22, 23. Um, but let's figure out how to, how to do this and yeah. took it from there. So that's how it got started. That's so awesome. That's interesting. That's a lot to take on, like, right after graduating and everything, you know? But that's amazing. Live without fear, right? Yeah. She likes challenges. She does. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Now, what was the the process like, you know, from there? You know, what – you know, did you did you go to Nepal with Nick? Have, have you ever have you ever met Nick? Even though you guys both have CF, you know what you know what is you know what what is it like to be making a movie a with somebody that has CF? And what are you know what what was the process of making uh, Breathing on Nervous like? So um, yeah, this was definitely a project with a lot of twists and turns. Um, so 
we got funding from a pharmaceutical company. Nick had a tie-in with a pharmaceutical company, and they agreed to fund the film because um, they would fund like a group of people doing something. So we were the group. So Nick needed us to get funding to climb, and we needed him to tell the story. So mm. we worked together really nicely on that. Um, from a CF perspective, I, of course, being who I am and being like a crazy, like adventurous person, I <laughs> desperately wanted to go to Nepal. And like, this is what I signed up for. Like when I wanted to do filmmaking is like shoot a film in a foreign country and like yeah. it's crazy adventure and, and like talking to someone with CF for the first time, like it was awesome. I was so into it, but um, I started like training and stuff and I would go on these like crazy long, like hikes in the winter with um, my business partner um, where the two of us would go and she's also my cinematographer. So that's the person who shoots the film and I'm the director. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell her what to shoot and she shoots it. So we would both go on these crazy long winter hikes, like just snow all the way up to our hips, just like oh, wow. trekking up just to get the prep, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely was, need it. Yeah. So I was doing okay. And then it kind of, I, I had to think of how I was going to be doing my treatment in a foreign country without yes. at base That's camp yeah. yeah and and figuring that all that out and it, I did but then it kind of got to the point where I realized like dehydration wise mm -hmm. this was not going to be able to work for me because right. at, at high altitude you dehydrate like so quickly. quicker right and I you would just never be able to keep up like for mm -hmm. Nick it's not as much as a problem everyone with CF is different it's he struggles true. with his own internal CF stuff mm -hmm. hydration and and you know, I have a lot of like CF gut stuff too. Like it was just not going to work. So I decided to abstain from my journey to Nepal, which hit me really hard because it was something I really wanted to do. Sure. Um, so instead I had to give my cinematographer, Sierra, um, kind of a CF boot camp um, for the months leading up to their departure to Nepal. Right. So I... God, that poor girl. I dragged her to, like I dragged her to doctor's appointments, showed wow. her treatments, uh, explained everything. I gave her I gave her books to read on CF, like wow. everything. Did I did. you give her tests? Yeah, <laughs> that would've been funny. Scantron. Um, <laughs> I just really needed her to be an expert because when you're shooting documentary, things kind of happen really quickly. And I needed her to understand if like a CF moment was happening with Nick and like she didn't recognize it, that she would miss it. So I needed her to be constantly aware of like, oh, he's doing, like he's eating this because because he is going to lose all these calories because he struggles right. with me. Or he's right. he's taking his pills now because like I needed her to be very cognizant of CF mentality. So I really mm -hmm. threw her in to like this CF world and and she she was awesome she she took it and ran with it and it was awesome so and now did she end up climbing Everest or did she just go to base camp and kind of hang out there so the way we did it obviously because everything happened so quickly was um we she went to base camp and did a little bit of the ice fall with them uh -huh. and then uh, from there, we showed them how to use like GoPros and like handheld oh. cameras, and they took those up. And the Sherpas that went with Nick took those up. So we have like a ton of. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't stick this poor girl on the mountain and have her like. <laughs> Good luck. Good yeah. luck in the altitude. <laughs> yeah. So I directed everything like via email and like via like 
I don't know, like texts or whatever, like she would be like, Hey, we got this today. I'm like, okay, that's great. Can you like make sure to like sit down and interview him and get this question? So it was like a very, and I sent, I sent her and then there was another guy too that went with her. There's the two of them. I sent them with like packets of like all questions, like interview questions and like, you know, and what to shoot and what we would need. So I, uh-huh. I, to a point, had this film outlined, but then I also made sure that they were prepared for the unexpected, which happened, actually. Oh, the, oh, first, wow. the first time happened. Um, the I don't know if you guys remember, but 2015, um, the earthquake hit Nepal, and it killed, mm. like, 10,000 people. Oh. So my, my crew, Sierra and Mike... Uh, <laughs> who was camera assistant, they were there, Nick was there, um, and they, Nick actually ended up being caught up in an avalanche that was oh. offset by the, the earthquake. Oh. Um, oh yeah, scary. Yeah, he broke one of his ribs. <gasps> he had to be medevaced out, I believe. So that was nuts. Oh my gosh. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. That's too much. You can't make this stuff up. I'm, you so, really you know, That's what was it? Yeah, I remember he had to, you know, make several attempts to, to get to the top five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just don't want to give away <laughs> what happens in the movie. Um, yeah. But, you know, what, um, you know, since you, uh, you know, you couldn't be there, what was it like to, you know, get the, the footage when they came back to the States? And, you know, were you, was it, you know, exactly kind of what you had anticipated? Were you happy with it were you just like totally blown away with it you know what, what was that like i guess sort of being on the film yeah you know maker side but not actually being able to you know be hands-on with it so in a lot of ways i was really thrilled with um <laughs> my crew that i had sent they responded well to the vision that i laid out for the film they got a lot of stuff when the earthquake happened they were the cameras were on they were rolling it, it was, I was really impressed with them from a, especially people who had never done this before. I'd never shot a documentary. I'd never shot a documentary. Like they really were great. And then there are other times where I was like bummed out where I was like, Oh, well, if I was there, I would have gotten this or wow. like, oh, I would have gotten this or I would have, I would have connected because obviously I live in the CF world. I would have really pulled more out from there, yeah. things like that. So right. it, there were moments where I was so proud. I was like, you know, even today looking through footage, I'm like, wow. Like it's yeah. amazing, and then there are times when I'm like, ah, oh, so close, <laughs> like, uh-huh. just like a shot here or like, oh, like something right here would have been great, like you know. So, right. so how how long did it take them to do all, get all the footage and stuff and get to? So, the- like I said, the story is full of twists and turns. Yeah. Um, so the earthquake happened. Um, nobody was able to um, ascend that year. Nobody could summit. So my crew came back, Nick went back to England, where he's from, and then that summer, I actually, my crew and I flew to England to interview Nick. Um, of course, I was like 10 feet apart from him at all times. <laughs> not, not five feet apart? Not five feet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I had to. It was like, you, was open, you opened the door for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really kept my distance from him. Um, especially because I knew that he wanted to try and summit again. I was not about to infect him with some terrible, like, lung thing, and then he couldn't summit because of me. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to do it. So um, we interviewed Nick, um, interviewed his family a bit, spent some time in England. I met with the CF Trust, um, which is a CF charity over there. So it was great. Um, and then, so that was the summer of 2015. Then summer of 2016 we were able to get funding again for the film and I sent my crew over there 
Um, this time I arranged, I, I was able to get a partnership um, with Sony um, Entertainment. They gave us, they sponsored us. Um, they just liked the story. They liked me. They, um, they sent us a camera. So half the, cool. half the film is shot like really high quality. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we went back to the second time and that's when Nick summited. So to answer your question from start to finish, like how long did it take Nick to summit? It took him like two and a half years. Oh, <laughs> he got yeah. there though. He, he got, got it. That's yeah, all that matters. That's yeah. awesome. What so an accomplishment. Yeah, it was that's a crazy so awesome. thing. But yeah. It's pretty wild. So actually funny story about Nick, um, since we're talking about him. He uh he summited Denali and I think if I remember correctly, he brought a uh, a Team Boomer T-shirt up there, and Ooh. the week following him, uh, one of my college roommates also brought a Team Boomer flag to the top of Denali. So Team Boomer apparently was oh, very, cool. very very represented oh. on the uh, on the top of Denali. Yeah, my my college roommate just like just woke up one day and was like, "I want to climb Denali," and we're like, "Okay, good luck." Oh. Um, <laughs> and you know, next thing you know, Nick's up there, and then the following week, my buddy's up there. there you um, go. <laughs> So that's pretty cool, but you know, I let's let's come back to the to the movie here, and you know, what is the plan for the movie? You know, for I guess the film, what is, what is the what is the plan for the, the film? And you know, when when can people hopefully see the film? And um and and, and all that Say stuff. Film one more time. Say it one more time. The film. <laughs> um, I know it does sound pretentious, but. Like that's that's also like what I like. It's the world that I am in. Like it's what we call it. It's like a film movie. I don't know why, but uh, it's pretty different. You know, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I'm not a big Hollywood guy. If you haven't, if you haven't been able to tell, <laughs> you're like anti Hollywood guy, like hardcore right now. <laughs> um. So right. Um. We are in post production with it. Um. You know, editing, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that process, but it takes a long time. It's a, it's a lot about... Um, I occasionally edit the podcast. I can tell you how much of a pain in the ass it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <You're welcome. laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And then after, you know, you send, you know, you do your editing. So basically, like, putting all the footage together that you really, that's going to tell the story. Then there's, like, color and sound it has to go to. So I'm, I'm hoping soon, um, real soon in the next, I don't know, calendar year would be nice. Um, and, yeah. then, and then you put it into like you know film festivals and that kind of thing. That's like the, uh, the idea, right? So we do film festivals, and then hopefully from there we could do online distribution. So oh, awesome. it'd be cool to get it on some platforms like iTunes or Netflix or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of you know that kind of to Leah's point last week when we were talking about Five Feet Apart, how she's you know just yeah. concerned about being in the movie theater with other people with CF. It's, it's amazing when you know, there are a number of CF documentaries out there that are all just like, so amazing. Um, and you know, for for people to be able to get them, you know, on the internet, and not have to worry about being around other people with CF, is just kind of yeah. like uh, icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I thought that was a really good point that Leah brought up last week about how people with CF are going to be going to these theaters. That was something that for some that's, reason didn't that's like my up. biggest fear with it. Like, I don't really have a problem with the movie. I just I don't want people like getting hurt. You know, like yeah. I don't want to get an infection, and I don't want other people to be at risk either. So. Yeah, I don't know. I completely agree. And then to Gunner's point too, last week about how other kids might see this and be influenced to yeah. be in contact with each other, mm-hmm. and then and then we actually are the ones that suffer because we go to the same clinics. Like it's you really have to think about your actions, which is kind of why this movie for me is taking a really long time because you know I look at this footage and stuff, and I'm and I'm saying to myself, am I doing the best job representing this group of people? 
that I can because I know people right. will see it when you're watching and it's really important to me that it's fair and it's truthful. Is this mm-hmm. a truthful representation of, of what it's like to have CF? Am I gonna, are people gonna relate to it? Are they gonna like it? That's important to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, you know, it sounds like you're putting, you know, the heart and soul into it. And I'm not saying that the people who made Five Feet Apart didn't, you know, I'm sure they are too. I mean, they're and also different type of movie. Exactly. Like, or film. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> one's <laughs> a film, film, one's a movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> documentary, I mean, that's more based on real life versus fictional, fictional movie. Yeah, fictional I mean, obviously, it's not going to be fully represented the same way, So you know? I, I mean, we're talking about it now, so Meredith, we might as well get your opinion on, on Five yeah. Feet Apart. What, Go ahead. As someone, in the, as, as someone in the film industry, you know, what is, what is your sort of take on the, um, on the movie itself? So I think we really have to take it for what it is, which is like a little like teen romance kind of thing, which is nothing against it. Those, those films can be enjoyable. I was a uh, Fault on Our Stars watcher. I loved that movie. <laughs> it was good. And it had some moments in there that you were like, ooh, that, that hit home a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think yeah. that's why I liked it. I didn't watch it, so. She will. There were some things in the trailer, like the, the whole like putting whole enzymes in your pudding. Like, oh, that made me laugh. That was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. Um, yeah. I, like, little things like that. I was like, well, that's weird. Also, um, I wonder what kind of message they're really trying to send. Like, right. I think Gunnar also made, like, a really valid point last week, which is that, you know, there's the, one of the beats in the trailer was that I was living for my treatments instead of living or, like, having my treatments being make me able to live or whatever. But that's not realistic, and I feel like there was a huge like romanticizing of having CF and doing treatments. Like, no, I do my treatments to live, and I do them as like brushing my teeth and just like it's that thing that I do before I leave my house. Like, it's not this big like romantic thing that they kind of make it out to be. However, the flip side is, do we kind of have a little over fascination with death and dying and end stage CF? And like, yeah, I think we do. I mean, it gets on our mind a little bit at least. So it's weird. It's a toss up for me. Like I I definitely agree with you guys in some points. And then there's some other CF like reaction videos to this trailer that I've watched. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can see where they're coming from. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're not going to know. It's easy to see where both sides come from. You know what I mean? And I don't think anyone's going to have a true reaction until it comes out. But I'm optimistic until I see it and then I'll make my verdict. (laughs) I think the important thing to know is that just because this is a story about CF doesn't mean it's your story about CF. No, exactly. Everyone's different, like you said. Everyone's Mm -hmm. different. Everyone's got their own journey with it. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll take it. We'll we'll see what happens. Also, these kids look really young. Like, they look like they're about, like, what, 17, 18? We were all stupid at 17, 18. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Whether <laughs> <laughs> or not, we all were 17, 18 at one time, too. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, we'll change gears here before we kind of run out of time. Um, you know, where can, you know, I guess what is your, your, your ultimate goal um, for breathing out of wrist? Um, obviously, like CF awareness is like number one. A lot of people still don't know what CF is. So I would really love for people just to be curious about wanting to see it. Like that, obviously, as a filmmaker is kind of like your one real goal is just you just want people to see your film. You just want people to say like, oh, that's a great story. I want to check it out. And then in addition, if they like start learning about CF, great, Uh you know, like that is the one thing I can say about Five Feet Apart is that the number of people who have been Googling CF is like 
astronomical. And when my film came, like started going into production and I like put it all over social media, so many people were like Googling CF and learning about it. So for me, it's going to be the two things. One, I just want them to be interested in this guy and this story. I think it's a great story. And mm-hmm. two, um, yes, yeah, CF awareness, just if I can get more people figuring out what it is, then I think uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So we're, you know, we always like to give the guests the last word too. Um, what would you, you know, we'll go back to the marathon here. What, what is your advice for someone who wants to, you know, a run a marathon or B maybe not quite yet ready for a marathon, but wants to get into uh, physical activity to care for their CF. Um, I would definitely say you've got to listen to your body. And, and if it's like, if you're training for like a big event, you've got to do a lot of trial and error. Like I said, like you've got to get out there you know, if you're training for a game or a race or something, like you've got to get out there and, and practice and see how your body is react and then tweak it from there. You know, um, if you have CF, definitely hydration for sports is like number one. You've really got to get the salt, got to get the water and, um, and figure out the right things to eat. And also treatments is like right there. <laughs> got to do those treatments. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Meredith, for joining us today. Um, really great uh, talk about uh, some kind of small accomplishments uh no no some, some rather some rather large accomplishments if we're being honest um, major accomplishments yes um you know definitely a great episode uh, remember people can listen to us every thursday that's when our episodes drop on itunes soundcloud and youtube and gunner uh people can follow us on instagram at breathe underscore in underscore pod uh you can also get into a uh email us Breathe underscore underscore pod at assisen.org. Um They're the Salty Sisters. I'm Gunnar Size, and that's Meredith Gato. Um, that's it. Does anyone else have anything else that they would like to say? No, you really got that down. Um, you yeah. guys can check out. You can check out my film, uh, Breathing on Everest. We have a Facebook page. I believe we have Instagram. Um, yeah. So just look for us on there. We uh, post things occasionally about what we're up to. So cool. Breathing. Awesome. That, that's that's the film. The film. Breathing on Everest. Right. Also, <laughs> five stars on iTunes this week for Meredith. Five stars for for Meredith on iTunes this week. Um, that's it. Have a great week, everyone. I'm Gunnar Sias, and they're the Salty Sisters, and that's Meredith. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.